This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 289, If I Had to Start All Over, Part 2. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. Welcome back to the program. It's Jason Lynette here. And a few weeks ago, we put out another episode called If I Had to Start All Over. And for those of you that are not yet members of the public Work Smart Hypnosis community, which is online on Facebook, you can find the links and all the details over at worksmarthypnosis.com inside of the show notes for this episode. There was a lot of great feedback, several questions about some of the topics that I brought up. And I've been kind of collecting all of those questions. And just as a side note, those listening to this podcast as it comes out, this was actually live streamed into that community, which is a great reason to be a part of that. But at the same time, sharing with all of you some of the points and nuances that the sort of overview of all of this would be the fact that where we often end up inside of our businesses is not necessarily where we began. So the journey of getting good at business, which I think is best illustrated by the fact that the other day, this may seem like a random story, but you're going to see where I'm going to go with this. The other day, I had a camera case that I had bought years ago. Really, really nice quality. And it was such a nice quality. It was so heavy and so cumbersome that I never used it. And so I sold it on Facebook Marketplace, and because I was out and I was busy, the guy who was asking, where do I pick it up, I sent him the link to the location page over on Virginia Hypnosis. So you can check it out yourself, virginiahypnosis.com forward slash location, which clearly this guy was buying a very high quality camera case for me. Yet all he now wanted to talk about was the style of how the videos were produced on that website. How did you learn how to do this? And he actually then hired the same video guy that I'd used to produce those videos. But it made me go back and think about it, knowing that I was going to be recording this specific episode, that the style of video that's currently on virginiahypnosis.com is not the way that I began my business in the early days. In fact, the original Virginia Hypnosis website didn't have any videos because I didn't yet know the importance of doing that. And that was also a time where online video was not as robust as it could be. When nowadays, to produce a video like that, it's pretty effortless. One is a nice camera, one is my iPhone. And I know how to edit that, but just because you can, doesn't mean you should, that gets passed off to somebody else. So there's nuances of running the business that when we find ourselves in a position to pivot, I've had several private consulting students over the years that were looking at the fact that here they were in one city and now they were moving somewhere else. And given the efforts that we were able to build together, they had a full robust business by the time they arrived. These things are possible. So that previous episode, if I had to start all over, was kind of focusing on the media presence, focusing on this value first mindset of how we run our business, which is one of the few times that I'll tell you If you haven't yet listened to that episode, I would pause this one right here, go back and listen to that one, because that's going to put everything I'm about to share in a much greater context. Okay, good. Welcome back. We can now officially jump in, which I'd give you a side note to all of this before I launch into the content here. It's not that I'm necessarily starting all over. I'm in the midst right now of building out a massive project, which has been several years in the works. 
and it's a project which you all can get a little bit of a preview of. I'll put this on the screen and I'll mention it here in this recording. Go to jasonpreview.com. That's where you can get on the pre-launch list to find out exactly what's coming your way soon concerning the fact there's a brand new podcast coming out, a whole new online community, and a whole new universe of programs for me coming out in the next month or two. So check that out at jasonpreview.com. And I mention that because this is not necessarily a starting all over, yet it's the opportunity, hypnotic business systems, the opportunity to systematize all that I do so that now there's time to launch something brand new, which I'm so excited for you all to see. So in the midst of this week's episode, we're going to be talking about strategies for social media. Is there room for another voice in a possibly already crowded environment? Let's talk about the difference between niching, and yes, on this program, we like to call it niching and not niching. Niching, that's a weird one, because niche rhymes with rich. That just sounds a whole lot better. <laughs> and along the way, too, how do we test market viability? How do we find out that this brand new idea of ours is actually something that people will want to engage with, and how do we go about doing that? How do we interact with various online communities where there's perhaps a little bit of a barrier in terms of going out and offering from something for sale. These are the topics we're going to be covering this week. And again, you can kind of watch in real time as I'm doing some of this myself, jasonpreview.com. Get on that pre-launch list, find out what I'm up to. And with that, let's jump directly into this week's content. Here we go. Session number 289, If I Had to Start All Over, Part 2. All right, so as we're jumping into the content here, as we're jumping into the strategies, it all kind of began with a response from David Ruby, and then several others chimed in as well, chatting about some of the themes that I introduced. So let's actually dive into some of these concepts and some of these ideas. So there was a dialogue that I introduced in the part one of this episode about give, 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 get. The mindset of not necessarily just chasing after the game of reciprocity, not just necessarily going after the game of, you know, influencing people by sharing content and having them come in, but genuinely caring about your audience. The fact that I think I mentioned this in that previous episode, I have some people who have gone through every live training that I've offered, every online program that I've put out, have then spun around and hired me for private consulting. And to be just as satisfied with that person in my audience as I am the person who, every time I see her, she goes, Jason, I use your pre-talk all the time. It changed my practice. And has never bought a single thing from me. So to be just as satisfied with both sides of that audience means you're doing something from the right perspective there. So the question that popped up, though, would be that what about making use of other people's communities? What about, and I'll read off a little bit of the paraphrase of one of the questions here, about finding Facebook groups where there are official or unofficial gatherings of people supporting each other and supplying massive value. So one of the questions that popped up around this was that these are groups that generally have a bit of a no sales environment to be popping into someone else's community that someone else has spent their time, energy, and very likely in the 21st century, their money to build out to then be the person swiping in, swooping in, and then putting out specific value offers. Well, the easy answer to that is don't be that guy. There you go. But it's where also you should be aware of, you know, the places where that is okay, as well as the places where that's not okay. So for example, in some Facebook groups, 
they do the thing such as you can promote off of one thread once a week. On this one specific day of the week, they allow you to post an offer, something of that nature. And some of them are cracking down in a good way. I'll, I'll call out Helen Midas here in a great way, that she runs a great online community. And she did make it a point at one point to say that for the people who want to promote in here, we're going to start to police that unless you're actually providing value in the group as well. Don't just be the person who swoops into a group and suddenly starts blasting them with offers because we don't like that. Well, there's a few ways, not necessarily around that. That's not the right phrasing here. The better phrasing is, here's the better way to provide value, which from day one of all things within your business, work from the mindset of be the expert, not the vendor. And I think the best way to highlight this and part of the reason why the project that's in the works is really the first time in quite some time that I'm really featuring Jason Lynette, myself, as the brand that really that is going to be at the forefront as opposed to the name of something else, which again, details of that you can find a preview, of course, at the fancy little website, jasonpreview.com. So the, the mindset that I discovered was that the number two keyword that people were using to find Virginia hypnosis, the first keyword that people were using to find Virginia hypnosis was, wait for it, buckle up for the surprise, Virginia hypnosis. Yeah, that worked out. The second keyword that they were searching, though, surprised me, Jason Lynette, which let's start to reverse engineer what was going on there. There's this modern culture of social proof, wanting to find references. I'm uh, helping some family members to move, and there was a moment where I needed to hire movers. So what did I do? I called the movers that we've used up in Northern Virginia several times over. And of course, they go, we don't serve as that area. And they gave some tips about, you know, here's what to find. So I'm now on Angie's list shopping for a mover. And here's this one that has three reviews. Here's this one that has six reviews. And then here's this other one with 175 five-star reviews. And they were basically the same rates as everyone else. And it just became, okay, yeah, we're done. Let's just hire those. And they're moving them in the next week or so. So we're a culture, which of course, then I looked on Yelp, I looked around and they had a good information. What I'm getting at here is the fact that people will make the assumption that you have something to offer. People will look up that profile. People will do a search for your name. So to simply be the person in a group providing value sharing an interesting perspective, sharing a story. If it's appropriate in that group, some groups block this, a video. So be that person who is sharing your expertise truly from the position of wanting to help out because what's going to happen organically, it's the same as if you were to stand up at a networking event, as I've talked about over the years and talking about stopping smoking with hypnosis, people will come up to you afterwards and go, hey, can you help me with my fear of flying? Hey, what about weight loss? They're going to make that association. So in our modern culture, people will begin to check up on what you do. So recognize that only a small portion of this dialogue is the fact that people will look up what you do and who you are, and they're going to find that stuff organically on their own. So which is where it's always a good practice to go to Google Alerts and set up a Google News Alert for your own name. This way you can kind of see what's out there. I'd be very open that in high school, I had a hobby of doing magic and actually worked professionally at one point through college, paying my way down college by doing magic shows at Busch Gardens, Williamsburg, or even restaurants. And it's not that I'm ashamed of that, but I did make it a point to reach out to some older websites and just go, hey, can you take down that listing? 
And the reason why was I wanted to control what was on the first page of Google. Then over time, as everything built out with Virginia Hypnosis and WorkSmart Hypnosis, putting out a book, doing a TED Talk, really controlling that first and second page search result. Why? Because again, people will just simply look you up because they want to learn more. So this mindset of be the expert, not the vendor, we can now universalize that concept. This is my answer if someone's ever looking for, you know, what do you do if you are going to do a health fair? Which I would say, don't just be the person with a table. I only would agree to do that sort of event if there was also a speaking opportunity. Here comes the metaphor. This way you can Pied Piper the people from the platform to the table. Otherwise, you're just another person selling something, which is what everyone else there is to do. Be the expert, not the vendor. Though, if you're looking at interacting with another community, which again, may be slightly averse to the fact that you might be someone in there as a vendor, clearly selling a product or a service, let me now reveal my favorite strategy for this one, which inside of hypnoticbusinesssystems.com, that's my entire hypnosis business training library, there's one segment where I talk about podcasting, and there's a concept that I publish, which I'll share here, called the podcasting triangle. And this is a content release strategy, which even though this is about podcasting. What I would actually tell you is this works everywhere else. Here's the concept. There's three legs of the tripod. And understand, this is something only by reverse engineering, like the first 150 episodes of the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast, did I figure out this is why it was working. This is why it was getting the attention that it was getting. There's three parts of content in addition to make sure you're serving your audience. Leg of the tripod number one. Teach some of your best content. Teach some of your best information. Hit them with your best content right away. This is what's going to build that social proof, that reciprocity, this trust, this no like and trust factor that's so necessary in any business. So don't hold back. Give away some of your best content in your content that you share and published, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a blog, whether it's a video whatever it is. In the project which we're building out, again, you can get a preview of everything at jasonpreview.com. Inside of that, we made a decision over the weekend that one of the initial opt-in offers is the one piece of content that I feel is probably the best thing inside of the product that I'm building out. But it kind of made sense. This is actually a month where I'm only seeing one or two clients that were already booked in, and I'm just here shooting videos producing this new material. I'm going to be doing the opt-in offer of one of the best pieces of information. So that's the mindset of, again, hit them with your best stuff right away. That's what gets people to stick. That's what makes people trust and believe in what you have to say, because now what's the goal? You're getting them that instant win. Part number two of the tripod is exactly the strategy that I would recommend for a Facebook group, which would be the fact that you can also interview or have conversations with people who are leaders in the world in which you want to be a part of. Now, the benefit of this is those are conversations that generally might be hard to get. But I'll tell you, over the years, the blurbs on the back of my book, the people who I've sort of bent their ear over the years for advice, because I was the person who wanted to have a genuine conversation with them and then share them with my community, is where we've had some rather big names over the years on the podcast and having to have some really cool conversations over the years. So imagine this scenario. 
Here's the person who's got a Facebook group with like 15,000 people and you're realizing that's an audience you'd like to be in front of. Can you see it might be a different conversation if you look and see who the admins are and make the offer from a genuine place? Hey, you've built something amazing. And it seems that we have a bit of a shared audience and I'd love for my audience to also see what you're doing. Could I feature you in a video interview, a podcast, a blog post, just to get you know some of the thinking behind what you're doing that's clearly working so well? And this is a genuine conversation. Do you think whatever you now produce, that person will also want to share with that community? So be the expert, not the vendor. Be the peer, not just the vendor is the mindset here, which I'll tell you, this strategy alone has been massive for me in terms of all the podcasts that I did when the book came out, all the podcasts I'm about to be going on as the new projects roll out. So find that way to get to that peer positioning as opposed to the person asking, can I sell my crap in your library? Don't be that person. So the three legs of the tripod, again, share some of your best information, do these conversations and interviews with people that now you're raising yourself up to be on that same level. And then third, one of the most subtle nuances of this would be the fact that you also now do interviews with people who perhaps are your students and with permission where appropriate, your clients talking about their results, talking about the things that they've achieved, because what does that now do? That validates that the first leg of the tripod, the content that you share actually works. Which again, this is something that I reverse engineered over the years by realizing when I had people on the podcast who had gone through my trainings, it was not that I wanted them to come on and become a commercial for the programs that I offer, though that is part of what happened. It's more so the fact that it validated the people who go through Jason's programs, who take action upon it, get these awesome results. And really, again, from my perspective, let me call out Karen Gray, who's been on a couple of times on the podcast, where I wanted to have her on because here's some things that she was doing that, yes, I could be there from the egotistical perspective going, hey, look how awesome I am. Look what my students are doing. And instead, here's something she was doing that was so cool that I wanted to learn about it. And why be greedy and keep that content to myself? Give, 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 get. Let's have the conversation. Let's have her on the program and have her share that with everybody. And yes, I made use of that as well. So this whole mindset of, again, sharing massive value. I have given away more free content than most people will sell. And even in the midst of the build out for a new universe of podcast, a new online community and several products and services inside of that, on top of everything else that I'm already doing, every bit of the conversation that we're having behind the scenes, and again, you can see a preview of everything at jasonpreview.com. See how we're dropping that in a very organic way. The benefit of that is, you know, it's now building that audience, which we can talk work smart hypnosis for a moment as a business model. It wasn't profitable for the first year. Now it is. The classes are filling up. People are in the online communities and people are interacting with it and people are recommending it. Even if there's a conference that scheduling or whatever I wasn't a part of, I keep getting the report of people kept talking about you. People kept referencing you in the programs. It's always operating from that value first mindset. And that's what builds that loyal following. And again, this is the mindset going into those communities where now you're adding value. Now you're bringing people in, which take everything I've just said, teach your own content, like-minded interviews, 
highlight your students' successes. Podcasting triangle is what I call that, but that works for any medium of publishing, whether it's videos on a website, blog post, everywhere. So the other question that popped up, this was also from David, but also reiterated by others. Is there a market for more podcasts? And I've purposefully waited till about 20 or so minutes into this week's recording, as I've now talked about the fact that I am launching another podcast. So let that be enough of a cue that yes, there is a market for more podcasts. So I firmly believe the niche-specific podcast is probably one of the most trending things you can possibly do. Now, the catch is, don't do it unless you are ready to commit to it. You're listening right now to a program that's gone out for well over six years. By the end of the year, we'll have released more than 300 episodes, millions of downloads all around the world. And when I'm on top of the schedule, there's a disclaimer, <laughs> when I'm on top of the schedule and we're batch produced several weeks out, it's one of the easiest things that I do. I might often just record once or twice a month, if even that, and we're set. Take note, I'm currently recording Monday before a Thursday release, so we're not always up to date in terms of being ready ahead of the curve of everything. Sometimes it is coming out the exact same day that it's being released, and sometimes there's technical things. That being said, over the years, I've got an amazing team of editors and design team that make everything work. So yes, there absolutely is a market, though I'd ask you, first of all, is it something you can actually commit to? There's a fancy term, I'm forgetting what they call it. Uh, I think it might be pod fade or something of that nature, of uh, the number of people who launch programs and then it fades away. And yes, we did stop the Learn Hypnosis podcast that Richard Nongard and I did, but that's because the event that we were promoting could not happen. Yay, COVID-19. So recognizing again, when we have a specific follow through, there's gotta be that work ethic. I was raised to believe that nothing's worth doing unless you give it everything for at least two years. Here we are, six years of Work Smart Hypnosis podcast with no intention of slowing it down anytime soon. And again, launching a new one, middle of October, get on the pre-launch list, jasonpreview.com. So back to that, again, podcasting triangle, let's just call it Work Smart Media Triangle. Hey, look at that, we just coined a new term. So yes, there's absolutely a target for that. And this is where, how do you find out was one of the other questions. How do you find out if basically there's market viability for what you want to offer? You know, there are moments where you could build something out and then realize that if you build it, they will come is a dirty, rotten lie. Take that Kevin Costner's fake father in that Field of Dreams movie. No, what I'm getting at is that you want to make sure that there's a market for what you do. And this is where I'll share something a little private on this, that Something that's the fear of many other people is actually one of my greatest motivators. That there's this fear of putting out something that's similar to what someone else has to offer. So, you know, I was kind of early in the game of teaching other hypnotists how to run their businesses. And then many others started to follow suit as well, which was great because there's a massive need for it. And I may be unique in my perspective on that, but that mine is not the mine is better than this person's. And I frankly don't know because I haven't looked at anyone else's. But the fact is, I'm the one going, you know what? Pick up what I do. Uh, Richard Barker's got information. Check out what he does. Helen Midas has some information. Check out hers. There's several others. Because the business category is a fun one. Because if you just get one of our strategies and you get it to work for you, 
then you've recouped your investment. And likely so, you probably can keep using the same strategy over and over and over. So the fact of, as I look at my business training of, you know, I've gone outside of our hypnosis industry to learn a lot of what I do and then figure it out how to model it for what I do and what works with my styles. So I'm the one saying, get everyone's, you know, as long as you're going to put it into use, because you only need a few strategies to be effective for it to be massively profitable. So the question that I'm often asking is two part. One, who is the audience? If you can't define the audience, you can't target them. If you try to sell to everybody, you end up selling to nobody is something that I've said many times over here over the years, that if you cannot target exactly who these people are, this is where anybody with anxiety is not a market. It kind of is, but it's a little hard to promote to. Uh, anybody who wants to uh, improve themselves, the heck does that mean? as opposed to that person who's tried several times to quit smoking and is ready to throw them out. That's a very specific story. The person who has tried nearly every diet on the market and hasn't yet been able to lose weight. That's a very specific market, which is where in everything that I'm building out in the new things, again, get on the preview launch list at jasonpreview.com. See how we can organically just give a little plug inside of things without being a very not very in-your-face salesy way. I am very specifically talking to people who are not really inside of our hypnotic community. There may be some in our hypnotic community that will want to follow through with what I'm doing because it's a lot of hypnotic concepts, but instead looking at it as the mindset of how we can better share value, how we can better present that story, because I'm speaking to general entrepreneurs, more specifically solopreneurs who want to productize their services, want to scale what they do, and maybe have bought every info marketing program out there in the world, but have not yet implemented it. That's a very specific audience that as soon as I've said that, I now know where these people gather, who are the gurus that they're following, what online communities they might be a member of, what books they're possibly reading, what podcasts they're listening to, and now I've got a full business plan right there in front of me. So these are some of the questions you want to ask. Are there people already buying in that community? And if so, that alone proves market viability. If it's already something that people are shopping around for, it proves there's a need for it. And it's where there's a need for your specific perspective. I'll leave out the name because I didn't ask permission to tell the story here, but I'll generalize it. Uh, I was in a private consulting session with one of my students and he had the concern that he goes, some of the things that you talk about and some of the things I've heard these other people talk about, I want to say the same things, but I'm concerned that it might be that I'm copying them. And I said, well, these are general personal development concepts that you're talking about here. It's not even something that any of us could, you know, copyright or trademark unless we had a specific thingified name for it. The problem is, though, right now, this is your belief, but it's not yet your story. And I gave him the advice, go off and just collate all your stories. Collect all the experiences of things you've overcome, the challenges you faced and what you did to overcome it. And the benefit of that is as you start to collate these stories, this is what I did to do a book. As you start to collate those stories, now these premises that you want to teach from are going to become your story as well. And very quickly it did and it's just taken off as a result of that. So the fact that 
people are already buying in that world. That proves market viability. Is there a community? So again, the fact that there's Facebook groups, the fact that there's podcasts, the fact that there's books being published, who are the gurus in that world? Here's the truth of it. Competition is not something to fear. Competition proves, again, that there is market viability. And again, you've heard me very politely reference people who offer similar things that I do and tell you, get them all. Because again, you make use of a few strategies, it's going to pay off for you. The benefit now becomes is that your specific story may be the one that they needed. You know, someone who's coming from corporate and going into hypnosis is this person's story. Someone who came from an artistic background is coming into hypnosis. That's part of my story. Someone who's coming in it from completely different perspectives. This is why people are going to connect with you. This is why, again, put yourself into what you do, which again, if you're talking about your business and you keep using the phrase, we, even if it's just you, stop it. I keep using it because there's a whole design team. There's a whole team of editors behind a lot of what I do. So that's my we. <laughs> and here's another strategy too. You can test the market with a small offering, which makes me tell the story behind hypnotic business systems, the business training that I offer, which you can get a preview at hypnoticformula.com. So the story behind hypnotic business systems was on first launch, it did have a different name of Hypnosis Business Bootcamp, which wasn't a great name and that's why we changed it. But even before that, I did a three-hour talk in our local area, 15 Ways to Use the Internet to Grow Your Business. And I released it as a two-DVD set. And this was the ultimate of market experiments. Three DVDs. DVD number one was the first hour and 20 minutes. DVD number two was the next hour and 20 minutes. DVD three... This is an old story, I know. DVD, which found so many VHS cassette tapes in my parents' house as we were cleaning out, just threw them all out. <laughs> DVD number three was just the files, the MP4s, the MP3s, and the transcripts. The people who bought this DVD set, I interviewed them. I called them up to find out most of them. How did you interact with it? Nobody watched the DVDs. Everybody took the files, put them on their computer, and that's how they interacted. So what did I learn from that? Point number one, because I sold a bunch of units of that sort of entry-level product, it proved people wanted that information. Point number two, I was really behind the scenes testing the market viability of a digital offering. We first put out these programs like in 2013, where it was kind of new to be the person. My, my joke at one point at a conference was, I wanted to have the emptiest table with the highest sales. What I meant by that was I didn't have a stack of DVDs. I didn't have a big stack of books. I was there with a computer giving a demo of a website. And we pulled that off. So the purpose of releasing that entry-level product, the testing market viability with a small offering, was the fact that one, people were buying it. It proved that people had an interest in that. And two, by checking into the audience and finding out how they interacted with it, it proved it was perfectly okay. To be a bit of a pioneer at the time, now it's standard, to be a bit of a pioneer releasing a content product with no physical offering. Why? Because people were not putting the disc into their DVD player, Blu-ray player, and watching it on a television. They were watching this on their computers, on their tablet devices, on their phones. So that was, again, a market test which then became everything that's now work smart hypnosis. So do you need to be the expert? 
was another follow-up question here inside of If I Had to Start All Over, part two. Do you need to be the expert? And two thoughts on this, or really by the time I finish this, several thoughts, let's be honest with how I teach. There was a moment, the original business program was called Hypnosis Business Bootcamp, which I think I still own the website and I think it just redirects over to hypnotic business systems. And at one point, I was going to start to spin off several projects to then partner with personal trainers because I'm not a personal trainer. Yet, if I partnered with personal trainers, that would give me the credibility in that market to then release personal training business bootcamp and then acupuncture business bootcamp. And this is what eventually morphed into the project that's coming out next month, which is meant for solopreneurs, people in business who want to scale around the world. And I'll mention in here again, get on that pre-launch list to find out exactly what we're up to at jasonpreview.com. That's what it eventually morphed into. I will call out Telman Knudsen here in a very, very loving way. Because Telman was the guy who goes, yeah, you could do that, but each one of those passive income projects is its own separate full-time business. Damn it if he wasn't right. Which is we're now universalizing it in a very specific audience is what the project eventually morphed into. And that was in one part a tiny inspiration thanks to, thanks to him. Though what I'd call out here is, do you need to be the expert? So I was looking at building the expertise in another market by bringing in another set of gurus. So here were the personal trainers who we were ready to do it. And then they stopped doing their podcast and just, I kind of lost faith in the guys I was going to partner with on that one. And then Work Smart Hypnosis was taking off from there. So do we need to be the expert? I'd say yes in some way, but then again, pre-framing. Pre-framing is a magical, magical hypnotic language hack. Hint, hint. Because whoever sets the frame and holds it, wins the influence. Not that it's a win or lose game, but whoever sets the frame and maintains it, sales 101, satisfy objections before they arise, is a simple formula in business. So in what I'm currently building out, and again, details at jasonpreview.com, what I'm currently building out, I am holding on to my expertise as the hypnotist, but also holding on to the expertise as a solopreneur who has had a six-figure business for going on a decade. That's the, that's the pre-frame that I'm holding on to. Yet it's where over the years working with my clients, not just the people in the hypnosis community, how so many of these hypnotic influence strategies apply to so many other markets. That for years I had people looking at the business systems product and going, you should do that for this other thing. And well, now I am just in a very different way to universalize that to other markets. So yes, if you want to, again, go back to the podcasting, the work smart media triangle, as we now want to call it, and the fact of being that person who's now partnering and using that shared, that shared fame, which makes me talk about the actor comedian Kevin Pollack, who you all will remember from Wayne's World 2 as the partial ocular albino, or the ex-husband's father on Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, or A Few Good Men, and one of the blurbs in the back of Work Smart Business, <laughs> that he talked about how, as a comedian, when he was getting started, the fact that he was doing impressions gave him shared fame, I think was his terminology for that. 
that all of a sudden, if he goes out there and he's doing Christopher Walken, if he's doing Jack Nicholson, suddenly the people who like those other people will now transfer that rapport directly to him as the performer on stage or whatever medium he was presenting. So if you're going to do a partnership, recognize that you're going to be getting some of that value to go, here's how I can help your audience too. Let's do this together as a co-production. Then again, whoever sets the frame and holds it wins the influence. If you can pre-frame to that audience exactly why it is you're not in that community, but you're exactly the right person to help them, that's just as good in my opinion. And I'll give you my perfect example of this. And I've talked about this, I think, before. The person who called me up and asks me, hey, I want to come to you to improve my golf game. How often do you play? What's your handicap or whatever questions golfers ask? Which is where I smile and say, when we play putt-putt as a family, I'm the one insisting we don't keep score. Because my children, at the time of this story, at five and three years old, were kicking my ass because they were better at it than I was. If you need advice on how to swing the club, clearly you're making the wrong phone call. Though let me ask you a question. You're standing over the ball. How are you feeling? Terrified. What are you telling yourself? It's going to go in the water. I might be able to help you with that better than the golf coach. So you need to figure out which do you need. Do you need advice on your technique? Or do you need advice in terms of cleaning up what's going on in your mind? Because if it's the second option, I can probably help you with that better. So what do you want to do? So again, I was clearly not the expert in that world, but the expert was not what they needed. The same as, again, the specific marketing strategies, that's the languaging that I'm going to be helping people with. So if I had to start all over part two, you're hearing so much of this now from the position of being the expert being that person of providing value, looking at testing market viability. The final question, I think this was from Dan out in California, about on Facebook, business or personal? I'd be quite open and I'll tell you that's one that I'm figuring out myself. Because while there is a very specific you know, public page of Jason Lynette, there also is very clearly a business page of Jason Lynette, hypnotic influence expert. Details and previews over at jasonpreview.com. So inside of that, it depends. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> it really depends on what your goals of that are. I know there are some who have two personal accounts and maybe, for example, they put like CH at the end of another personal account, which technically speaking, Facebook doesn't want you to do that. And at any point, they could catch wise and they could close that account on you. And the same is true of Instagram, which is Facebook. Twitter is a little bit more general and lax on that and so forth in different platforms that are out there. So in terms of the group strategy that I talked about earlier, be mindful that there are some groups that won't let you join as a business page. And let me raise my hand proudly and say, the Work Smart Hypnosis public community is one of those groups. Because when I had people joining as a business page, they were the ones coming in and blasting an offer and promptly got removed because they had not provided any value. When I switched it over to be the fact that now people in that free public community have to join by a personal page and I've made it private so these things are not visible to your possible clients that are searching around. The same as this is what HypnoThoughts did many years ago, even with the forum before it then moved to Facebook. You know, it's that place where it's meant to be that conversation within the community. 
And yes, having met Damon John in person twice, it's FUBU. For us, by us, is what that specific community is. So I think the answer is both, really, in my personal opinion. And I think the mindset ought to be start with the personal page, but then look at funneling people over to the business page to interact with the business content, which let's look at exactly what's been happening here for the last 40 minutes. When you go to jasonpreview.com, there is a specific opt-in offer, and those emails, as an example, are going to come from jason at jasonlinette.com. The emails for that are not going to come from jason at virginiahypnosis.com. The same as as the new podcast launches, the promotion of those podcast episodes, the reminders of, hey, we've got a new episode with this person, are going to come from jason at jasonlinette.com and are going to go to the people who are subscribed to that list. So make sure this is the, the horrible phrasing of what I'm now getting at is what I've taught for years in inside of hypnotic business systems. You want to make sure you've got an email service provider that lets you segment a list because this is horrible, but hear me out. You don't want to be sending your weight loss offers to people who have called you about public speaking because they're already self-conscious on stage. Don't call them chubby which is a horrible way of phrasing it, I know, but it drives the point home. So the people who respond to one specific thing, let them hear about that specific thing. And then everything else. The same as I, I'm censoring a story, which I will make ridiculous on purpose. Hey, we've got this amazing community of people who responded to my hypnosis training. Hey, my brother breeds guinea pigs. Can we send an ad for that to them? No. <laughs> Enough said. So I think have both. Absolutely. That being said, I tend to, I can't come up with a clever title for this. I tend to be the person who goes, if you don't want it out there for everybody, just don't publish it. I think that's a general nice rule of thumb. If I don't want you seeing something, I don't publish it. You know, I've got my own personal opinions about all the rather sensitive topics of the world, public health, religion, politics, and I don't tend to post that stuff. Why? Because that's not what you're there to hear from me. I can have those conversations in person. And for the general part, I tend to actually be a little universal in my belief systems that at the end of the day, we're all basically saying the same stuff. We just have different ways of getting there, which means it's not even a great to disagree. It's just coming at it from different perspectives. Chunk up, same value system, just different dialogues. How's that for a quick personal rant? But that ability to start with the personal and then bring them over to the business. I think that is the better strategy. Plus there's the side benefit. You can run ads from a business page. You cannot run ads from a personal page. And if I had to start all over, I would have been much more willing to spend money earlier on. I used to get up and boast that I earned this great six-figure income the first year without spending any money for ads. And I was technically wrong about that because time is money. And again, now that I'm building out a new project, previews at jasonpreview.com, as I'm building out a new project, I already know the exact audience. So do I organically wait for those people to find it? I will. But at the same time, if I have the ability to put my valuable information in front of them for a few pennies and dollars, I'm absolutely doing that. So there you go. A bit of an all-inclusive part two, more deep dive detail if I had to start all over part two, I'm sure there might be some follow-up questions even to this. So uh, post them inside of the Facebook community, the Work Smart Hypnosis public community, because there might be 
a part three. Jason Lennett here once again, and as always, thank you so much for interacting with this program, for joining the public Facebook Work Smart Hypnosis community, as well as leaving your reviews and subscribing online. For more of this in terms of your hypnosis business, be sure to check out hypnoticbusinesssystems.com. All the details for that, it's the full access to my hypnosis business training library, or check out the free preview, the Hypnotic Pricing Formula at hypnoformula.com. And all of this can be watched in kind of real time, by the way, by checking out jasonpreview.com. That's the sort of uh, working behind the scenes tour of exactly what I'm up to right now for a new podcast, new universe of programs, and a new online community launching in October. Check that out, jasonpreview.com. I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast at worksmarthypnosis.com. <laughs>